In the Lab, a Texans podcast that takes a different look at things. Drew Doherty and John Harris have their lab coats and goggles on and the Bunsen burners burning. Here's Drew. What's going on? I'm Drew, and that's John, and we're happy that you're with us here on In the Lab. Okay, here's what we got on the show today. I think it's the year that Andre Johnson gets in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. I think it's going to happen So we're shooting this on a Tuesday. It's airing on a Wednesday. And I think tomorrow on Thursday, I think he's going to get the call. Something tells me we're going to get into that. We're also going to talk a little bit more about some wide receivers that you saw at the Senior Bowl last week. You touched on it in last week's show. I want to kind of dig a little bit deeper this week. I've been thinking about it all week long as I dork out and go through my uh, mock draft, my fake mock drafts Mm -hmm. uh, simulators. And then we're going to wrap things up by saying and finding out what two things the Texans must do from now until this time next year to make sure that they're in the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. But let's start with Andre Lamont Johnson. I think this is his year. He is on the ballot again. He's a finalist. He'll he'll get the call on Thursday night if he gets in and he'll come out with the other guys at the NFL honors show, which I think we're also going to see CJ Stroud win the rookie of the year award. Maybe some other guys win some mm-hmm. or coaching stuff, but Andre Johnson going in and it's a long time coming, man. How excited are you to see that? If it does indeed happen for him. I mean, it's such a, it's such a long wait, you know, and the thing is, is there's nothing you can do. Yeah. that That's the, you know, a lot of times when things aren't kind of going your way, there's something in whatever aspect field of work or whatever you're in, you know, there's something you can, you can try something else. Like, man, uh, you know, yeah, you have kids and guy, I can't get my, my kids up for, you know, school in the morning. Okay. Well, I try this. I try that. I try, this is one of those things where you've done everything you can. Mm-hmm. You, you fought the good fight. The career is over. And now you just, you wait and your, your hall of fame fate essentially is in the hands of, you know, sports writers, people that have covered this sport for a long time and, and you wait, and that's the frustrating part. And so as Andre waits, we wait. And, you know, I think the first time for any player, and I mean, it's a little different because, you know, we're growing up, you know, the Oilers have been around, you know, there've been some hall of famers, obviously back to the AFC days and all that. Do the Oilers litter? The Hall of Fame. There's a lot of oil. Yeah, yeah. I mean, right. To a almost to a disproportionate amount. I mean, there's I think there's almost as many oilers, maybe even more oilers in the hall than there are cowboys. Right. At so, least from the there's certainly more from the 70s. Right. Um, and I think that ought to anyways. So there was no there was no let me say newness to that. You yeah. know, you didn't sit around waiting for Warren Moon you know, to be the first oiler to go into the Hall right. of Fame, you know, or Bruce Matthews or Mike Munchak. You didn't wait for them. Now, there, there might have been a wait. I don't know if they got on the first ballot or whatever. There might have been a wait. But I think because it's the first one in Texans history, you know, the first uh, great player truly in Texans history um, to be that guy and just the way that he's connected. I thought it was an interesting conversation that uh, John Lopez brought up on, on in the lab. When I was driving in Mobile, I had them on the Odyssey app, and they were asking about, and I can't remember how he phrased it. He called it the dream meter essentially. And he was talking about the top five most revered professional athletes in Houston. And he had Andre Johnson at five. He had JJ Watt at four. I think he had Earl at three. 
Um, he had Akeem at two, and then he had Altuve at one. And kind of mm-hmm. think about that list going, yeah. Well, one of the things that they mentioned about Andre is just he's kind of bridged the gap to a new generation in some sense. You know, obviously when he's playing, you know, he's highly thought of. But it almost feels like there's even there are even more people that know about Andre Johnson. Now there are younger people that know about yeah. Andre Johnson now. Um, and then this will just be a stamp on it that yes, hall of famer, Andre Johnson. And that can be said. And I think that to me is part of it, drew. It's the first time for the Texans. Um, you know, I think, I think Ed Reed, Ed Reed went to the hall of fame. Did he not? He did, but he went in as a, as a Raven. That was not, he was, he was your half of it. Yeah, season. exactly. Yeah. So there've been guys that have probably put the Texans helmet on, sure. but this is, spent the majority of his career here, set the foundation of his career here, uh, became the goat, came number 80, the, you know, the greatest of all time here in Houston. And yeah, there were a couple of years at the end where he ended up at Indian Tennessee, but everything that he did was, you know, for the most part here with the Texans and he did it with obviously such, you know, respect. I mean, everywhere you go, you wear Texan stuff and Andre Johnson's name gets brought up and there's just, you know, from anybody you speak to, no matter what event you go to combine draft, um, you know, senior bowl, whatever, you know, people talk about, you know, Andre and the greatness that was Andre. Now they talk about CJ Stroud, and Will Anderson now and D'Amico Ryans, but you know, for a long time it was, Oh yeah. Andre sure. Johnson, you know, he was that guy. So he had Altuve ahead of Hakeem. Mm-hmm, he did. Even though, even though the, 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 the ranking, how he ranked it, he called it the dream meter. It was named after a dream. He had dream yeah. number two, which I thought was interesting. And this is no shade at Altuve because I think Altuve is the greatest Astro ever. And mm-hmm. I thought that was going to be yep. tough to supplant Jeff Bagwell. Yeah, I said Bagwell. Mm-hmm. But he's got dream over or dream under Altuve. Um, yeah, dream it too. That's I, what that's what he had. So that was interesting. I respectfully disagree, but he's got, I'm sure he's got some good compelling reasons. I just can't go, go past that. Anyhow, uh, you know what else is cool about you bring up Dre? Do you think it's out? Do you think Altuve is better than Dream? That's a hard one. I, I probably would put Dream ahead of Altuve. Yeah, I think because there was. I mean, obviously they're both both team sports, but he's one of five. Yeah, Altuve's one of nine. I mean, uh, you, know, you know, also you've got the the fact that Dream, you know, led Houston to three Final Fours and. You had all that, so the University of Houston. So there's also that connection. And too. the first title, I don't count the AFL title. I'm, Sorry, I don't you know. Like, I don't count those. The 1960 that, that doesn't count. Oh no, no, no. Yeah, right, right, right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, uh, he no. brought the first. Anyway. Right, 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 right. Anyway, we've we've digressed. Yeah. Uh, okay. Sunday, Saturday, and Friday of last week, the TriStar Collector Show was here in Houston. Yeah, I had never been to that. Mm-hmm. It started, I think, when I was a little kid, like a ten year old, when I was a huge baseball card dork. I mean, mm-hmm. just love baseball cards. I still do, but. I don't, you know, I'm not as heavily involved. My sons now, uh, I have a 10-year-old and an 8-year-old. They're mm-hmm. big into baseball cards. Yep. And uh, I said, you know what, let's go out there. They've, they've never been to this. They didn't know what it was. Yeah. So I sort of surprised them Sunday morning. Mm-hmm. So we're going to go to this thing, and they're like, well, are there going to be drills and sports and stuff? I'm like, no, no, it's, you'll see, you'll see. They got there, they loved it. Yeah. And you know what I liked? One of the many things that I liked about it, so much Texan stuff was around Mm, yeah now because of who they were it's all sports aficionados and guys who are really maybe that was a case last year maybe that was a case two years ago 10 years ago but lots of stroud stuff up lots of tank dell you know tank 
signed and Nico signed, mm -hmm. I think that yep. this weekend, but it was really, really cool seeing so many people in Texans gear rocking it. Cause it's, we haven't seen that man. Yep. It's, it got, it came back this year. It came back because of D'Amico Ryans and, and the, and, and what, you know, we did in the draft and mm -hmm. CJ Stroud and everything, but this is a side little corollary. I, it was really, really cool. And just kind of warmed my heart seeing like my boys. Mm -hmm. you know, they, one of them had on a Stroud jersey. One of them had on a Will Anderson jersey. Yep. Because that's what Santa Claus brought them for Christmas. But yep. they were, they were wearing it, and it was pretty neat seeing that kind of. It's been a renaissance of sorts as far as things go in that regard. I don't know. It's yeah, pretty cool. Maybe, I mean, maybe I'm making too much out of it, but it's it's just awesome, John. No, I mean I I've told my story before. Um, I went to the Senior Bowl and yeah. 21 or 22 yeah. i can't remember i think it was 20 yeah, 22 20 either one you were getting laughed um, at for your yeah texans gear. i was I, I always rock texans gear i always show up in texans gear it's just you know my work uniform and so i remember walking in and i think it was maybe the first year because i'm walking into hancock whitney is the new stadium they built on a campus of mm -hmm. southern, south alabama it's a beautiful beautiful facility and it's a great facility for the senior bowl and um i'm walking in i've got that texan stuff on and i can hear these two jamokes behind me as I'm walking through kind of snickering and I hear, I hear Texans and then I hear them kind of laughing and I wanted to turn. I, I mean, you know, how I am. I wanted to turn around, you know, ready to beast. Yeah. Uh, and I didn't, I just kind of, you know, what, you know, what is there to say? And this year it was, you'd be down, I'd be down on the field and I would see somebody from one of the team. Hey man, you guys had a great year this year. That was yeah. really, you know, it was cool to watch you guys and all that kind of stuff. And I was like, yeah, it was good. Um, and so it, the, the opinion has changed in a lot of different places. I mean, we told our, our haircut stories, you know, and how just locally it's, it's changed, but you know, it was, uh, at the, at the pro bowl, there was some video I saw some kid was wearing a CJ Stroud Jersey and he was not talking to CJ. He was doing some other thing, catching a pass from somebody else, but he has CJ Stroud Jersey on. Yeah. And I thought that was just remarkable how, how far it's, it's come that, you know, two, three years ago, I remember we used to kind of, kind of joke, about you know who whose jersey would you end up buying right now if you went into the to the team store mm -hmm. and now you go into the team store and now like whoa do i want to what i want to sting 24 which is what i would get because that's my favorite number that's what i wore in college um do you want a stroud do you want a will do you want to get a laramie you know laramie's been to obviously so many pro bowls and you know do you want a Jalen petrie a number five uh you've so many different options now nico they're, 12 tanks is they're gonna obviously get, they're gonna very stock up on some tank yes stroud because those are Real no popular. doubt. Yeah. So it's been interesting to see that that worm turn in different, you know, in different places. Like for me, it was the senior bowl. I wore Texans gear this year and there was no there was no scoffing or laughing uh at this particular point. What I found what I found interesting, I think it was the second day, happened to be down on the the southern end of the field, the south end of the field, and just I kind of walked the sidelines, see who's there, see what's going on, kind of watch different, you know, warm-up drills, kind of like we would do at, you know, on our practice. Drew and so I went down and I just started to watch quarterbacks because I'm not really watching the quarterbacks for anything. Meanwhile, last year I was taking down every note. Yeah, you know, blue shoelaces, um, steps six inches with left foot. Like I was taking everything down to the quarterbacks. And so this year I'm down there just kind of observing the quarterbacks. And I look down and this guy's in a red hoodie and he's got a video camera and he's just he's stopping in front of each quarterback and he's filming. Mm. And they pick up and he'd film the next guy. Who was he with? 
film the next guy. I looked down. Eventually, I could see the front of his jersey, the front of his sweatshirt says Patriots. Mm. And I was like, yeah, you had two decades of not having to do this. And well, guess what? Now you Welcome are. Welcome to the dark side. Right. I, I felt I felt that way for sure. Like, hey, <laughs> and, you know, come deal with this now. Live, live like the, the rest of the, the world has lived for a very, very long time. So you would see teams filming. Like I saw the Titans filming quarterbacks yeah. and Patriots filming quarterbacks. And I know some teams are just getting b-roll but i thought it was interesting to see um you know who they were but i saw that that guy in a Patriots sweatshirt filming the quarterbacks i thought mm, well you know now you can now you can figure out how the rest of us have lived for two decades while you lived off a pick 199 from the 2000 draft so uh but it was good all right uh, good for sure if the texans are going to play in the super bowl this time next year what two things must happen between now and then i and obviously win more games don't say that. No, I've got. And I you're got not going to say that. But I got. I got two. Uh, number one, they've got to have a top twelve running game. Okay. In the league, however you want to define that, you got to have a top twelve running game in the league. Okay. Um, I, I don't know where the where the run game ended up finishing. It was it was better this year, um, but when you have to go on the road in the playoffs, you got to be able to rely on the run game to 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 carry you when weather becomes a factor and i don't know that the weather was a massive factor against the ravens the wind was a little bit of an issue um it was cold there's no doubt anything's cold the houstonians but you gotta have a yeah. top 12 running game i don't know that weather was meeting devin singletary in the backfield after right. he got the handoff you know second thing uh you've got to cut the explosive plays in half at least on defense on defense you gave up way too many explosives and games you lost it was clear like the the browns regular season game you gave up six explosives and i mean even if you give up three you still probably lose the game but you might be in it in the fourth quarter and obviously if you have cj on the field you're gonna have a shot but you've got to reduce the explosive plays defensively and you gotta have a top 12 running game all right i like those those will work mm -hmm. so to get more explosive even on offense i love these receivers that the texans have right now but you saw a few in mobile that could add to that, that could yep. buttress that, that could be one more stick of dynamite to the whole hassle that's going to blow up the canyon. Yep. So who else is going to help blow up the canyon? What are some guys that would fit in nicely, you think, be it round one, round two, three, four, five, that really kind of turned your eye? And I, I know we've mentioned a few, like Roman Roman Wilson from Michigan mm -hmm. and Malachi Conley from Western Kentucky. Who else? What, what do you think? Who are these guys? Well, I think walking out of there, one of the one of the most complete receivers that I saw, and I, I think could end up, you know, kind of middle of day two potentially, and that's Ricky Pearsall from out of Florida. Um, does everything well. I think he runs. He's going to run better than people expect. He's got glue sticks for hands. Just a complete receiver. Accelerated away from guys to get separation. Runs really good routes. Good pacing. Good timing. Uh, and the tempo of his routes is really good. I think he would fit perfectly in between. You know, if you think about his game, his game is part tank, part Nico. So I think he fits kind of perfectly. I like the in sound of that. Those two. Yeah. I like the sound of that, man. Um, good size, six one, two hundred pounds. Um, great hands, you know, and, and the thing is, is, you know, so Ricky Pearsall, you added to the guys who talked about Malachi Corley, Roman Wilson, uh, lad McConkey out of Georgia, um, is going to run probably in the four, three range. He's probably a little bit closer to tank. So maybe you, you look at him and think he's a little bit redundant, but I'm telling you, Georgia's offense struggled when McConkey was off the field. 
And he was tremendous at times in the 2020 throughout his career, basically, but in 2023 in particular and the senior bowl, especially the first day. In fact, I was just watching a little while ago. Um, his routes are just incredible change of direction, all that kind of, he's got everything you got and you play him in a slot. He can re return punts. He return kicks. He can do those things. If you need him to, if you need that, you know, for somebody, mm -hmm. um, he's got that ability. Thing is that those Pearsall Corley, uh, McConkey, Roman Wilson, like any of those four fantastic receivers and fantastic options. And I think they're fantastic options on day two. That doesn't even bring into account the guys that I guess I would say are rated ahead of them. Marvin Harrison Jr. was not in Mobile. Malik Neighbors, Roma Dunze, Jalen Polk, Jalen McMillan, all three of the Washington receivers. Um, uh, those guys... Uh, who Brian Thomas from LSU? Brian Thomas he's, from LSU. Malik Neighbors from LSU. Thomas yeah. is in that area when I'm doing those mock right. drafts, but he's like he's available. He he's available at 23, and I, I wouldn't be opposed to that. Uh, but he's worth that. I think he's got size. He's got speed. He's got explosiveness down the field. He can create chunk plays, explosive plays. Yeah, I think Brian. Like I said, those are all guys that weren't even in Mobile. The two Texas guys, Xavier Worthy and uh, and I Mitchell, they weren't at the Senior Bowl. So when you take all those guys that I just mentioned and you you throw in the four, five, six guys that, you know, Jamari Thrash was at the senior bowl. Using, yeah, I thought he was really, really good. There are going to be options at receiver. And I think it makes this wide receiver class something really extraordinary. And what it also does is it tells you every spot you're drafting, there's going to be a very capable pass catcher wide receiver option in this draft. So if you want to look at a different position where maybe there's not as much uh, depth and you pass at a particular spot. Okay. Let's say the Texans look at the options at receiver and go, man, we got a lot of options. I don't think we should look at receiver 23. What about 59? Boy, 59 has got a lot of different options. Well, what if one of those guys we think can't get this at 59, but can get to 45. Well, Nick shown he's willing to trade up and, and do some things to go get a receiver. Um, and, and he's done it in the past, past few drafts. So, mm -hmm. The thing is, is when they make a move and you almost don't even have to make a move unless you absolutely fall in love with a guy or somebody's falling and you're like, wait a second, this is weird. We're going to, we got to jump all over this <laughs> because you have strength of that position already. I think you can look at the free agency, you know, free agency group, Mike Evans, T Higgins, et cetera. You can look at that group and go, you know what? We can be really selective with that group. If we can get a good contract to a guy, then yeah, let's do it. But if we don't, we're not going to panic because we got all these rookie receivers and look what rookies did for us last year. So there's such depth in this wide receiver room that I could see them putting priorities like free agency in other spots mm -hmm. and then letting that wide receiver, you know, basically fall in their lap on draft night, day one or day two. That's intriguing. It's really intriguing. It's I'm excited. You and uh, Mark Vandermeer touched on this in a Texans All Access that y'all you know, shot on Monday yep. and it's... The hot stove, the off-season hot stove is so much fun around here. Yep. Think about what we, what, what the Texans did last year, what Nick Casario was able to do last year. Free agency comes on a Wednesday, and it's crickets, and that's just fine. Mm -hmm. You know, you wait a week or two, and you see all these guys that he just plucks right. and signs. And that might not be the case this year. He might make a big splash mm -hmm. on that first day. But if he doesn't, just chill out. Right. Trust in him, because... I think paid he's shown, off. yeah, I think he's shown he knows what the hell he's doing and the Texans are gonna be just fine and yep. I can't wait. John, 
Always fun talking with you. Absolutely, man. Let's do this again next week when maybe we're talking about Andre Johnson being in the Hall of Fame instead of Bill Heath. I think he's going to get in.